You are now about to witness the awesome uh, crushing uh, might of It's the intro. It's two minutes and 30 seconds of glorious stigmata power, and you should be used to all got what you paid for. So um, let's see. Let's get the commercials out of the way. It's early. I will soon explain why. I will soon explain why. I got new glasses, man. Now I, I got to let me. I got ah, these are the old ones. These are outside glasses, and uh, these are the outside glasses, you know. They really do make me look much smarter. <laughs> um, but I've been wearing these daily because I lost the other ones. And so then I go to the glasses store. I'm like, man, this is ridiculous. How long? They got places that make you glasses in an hour. These guys have been a month. I go in there. The guy's like, what? I go, where are my glasses? He goes, well, we already called you about them. I go, no, you didn't. Are you playing a game with me? Like you called, didn't leave a message, and didn't speak to anybody. So the and uh, you feel free and I'll get my glasses. Fuck you whenever. Well, they had the glasses sitting there ready for me. And so these are now the inside glasses. And I got blue blockers on them. You can see that a little bit. 
so that I could stare into the computer. But they're 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 entirely too big. But of course, you know, they make me look like a fucking owl. But uh, the reality of it is, these were the cheapest ones they could get. Salt. That's what they're called. After the Angelina Jolie movie of the same name, I'm guessing. So anyway. I don't have to wear them to show because I'm not reading too much of anything outside of your comments. Um, so uh, uh, let's back up with commercials. Pinko. <laughs> I'm going through puberty. Pinko. P-I-N-K-O 95014 at yahoo.com is the place to go. If what? If you want to donate money to the show by PayPal. If you want to go through Patreon, you could do so patreon.com slash the stomper. If you want to go by Venmo or Cash App, it's Planet Oxbow on one of those, uh, uh, capital P, Planet, uh, capital O, Ox, capital B, Bo, all run together, or Eugene-Robinson-28. Uh, and Or you could do it the old-fashioned way, the way Tommy Pounds does. It might be a little early for Tommy Pounds. Sends it to the cash out of that money, if you read the Substack, you know Max Moore is going to start a GoFundMe to pay uh, to, to buy a plane ticket to get him and supplies to uh, uh, Poland, and from Poland he's going to uh, get into uh, Ukraine. And uh, I asked him why, and he has a habit of doing this. He's was in the Gulf several times, Afghanistan several times. If you, I've talked about him before done stories on him before, which you can read. I put links to them in the in the substack. But uh, he goes, teach people combat medicine, help out where I can. Now, there is some uh, commitment to service, as well as maybe suicidal ideation. Uh, you know, there are two types of people in this world. Though, those who, who run in to, to, uh, to see if they're okay. And then there's people like me who are like, hope they're okay. <laughs> Ah, and get my ass sitting right here, you know. Um, I won't. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. So, um, so, uh, but I, I, I told him that I would be. He starts his GoFundMe or whatever he wants to, but I would be good to uh, put him in to send him some money for a plane ticket so that he could go and help uh, the people in Ukraine. And uh, and uh, on the one hand. Uh, he is, you know, unmarried and uh, without child. Um, and it, it uh, as he claims, the military, he was a Navy Corps man, gave him so much, it's the least he can do to give back. He started his own company, uh, a soap company, and he hires vets all over the world. He said, he, I set up my company like terrorist cells, everything I learned in the military. So I, I use exclusively, almost exclusively vets. Uh, and we make soap and people uh, don't be nasty is, is the uh, company motto. So, you know, uh, w- while he's a friend and, uh, you know, <laughs> you can't only like who stayed back home while the men went off uh, adventuring and he stayed back home and, and had sex with the, the women. <laughs> you know, we can't all be Paris. Some of us have got to go and he's got to. He can no more do do what I do than I could do what he does. So I, I figure uh, a little bit, a few, a little bit of Jack going his way is uh, the least I can do, really. Um, so anyway, so those are the commercials, 
at the top of the hour. Like I said, this is V, a two, a zero, a five of the UGS Robinson Show Stomper. If you're if you've caught up on your homework, you've read the Substack, and if not, I put the link at the at the top in the in the in the chatter uh, in the chat. Uh, excuse me. This disturbs my mother. Every time I do this, she thinks that I'm having some sort of indigestion. Suggested I take Pepsi, and I said, "Yeah, yeah. Why not just take thalidomide?" She's like, "What are you talking about? Thalidomide? Yeah, Pepsi, thalidomide. It's all the same thing." <laughs> it's not. I got it. But you know, I, I you got to realize that what I do. This is Cora did this. What 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 I, what I uh, you know. I don't know. I, 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 let's not get into it. Let's not get into my dietary thing again. Right now, I feel fine. I just eating very fast to make it in time for the show. So let's back up a bit. Let's uh, back up just a little bit. All right. So um, uh, um, let's see. Where do I want to start? Let's start at jujitsu, right? Where no topic, no topic is. You know, other jiu-jitsu schools will say stuff like, I'll leave your ego at the door. You know, at the Sorrell Academy, we're not saying anything like that. We should bring your ego on in. We, you know, that's In fact, we love you because of your ego, because we're going to just take it and just take your ego. And pretty soon, if you getting a belt at Sorrell is one, a character issue, but it's 360 degrees of character. I mean... I can go pretty much to any place in the world and, and, and get a, get into a fight through a not even clever use of a few certain words. You know, there's some places if I tell somebody, fuck your father, guy will lose it and attack me. I don't even have to do it. Like somebody like that, uh, 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 a Scottish comedian who just said, you know, you can say fuck off anywhere in the world and everybody understands what you mean, even if they don't understand what you mean. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, and I've actually been there. I've been in other places and hollered at and uh, overseas and hollered at people, and they respond in whatever language. Like they didn't need a translation guy to figure out what I ah, ga ga. And then, of course, I was in some place, maybe Japan, and some guy almost hit me, and, ah, 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 and the guy and he goes, "Wait a minute, is that a hand gesture that even makes sense here?" And they go, "Yeah, yeah, it's worldwide now. It's American TV and movies." Oh, okay. So these are simple things that you can do. You could start. You could you could start start a fight anywhere. But you know, there's nothing sacred, sacrosanct. So I get you people talk about. There used to be a line where we wouldn't talk about each other's wives, and that's all trammeled. And that's you know uh, uh, probably we don't talk about each other's that that. Oh, well, I'm just pull into the driveway. Let's get that done. You know that that a line that we don't cross. You know, some guy accused me of being an absentee grandfather. And and everybody was like, whoa. I'm like, whoa. What do you mean? What the fuck are you talking about? Just because we're not putting pictures up on Instagram doesn't mean life is not happening around you, Mr. Social Media. But that was something like, that was a lot. But I was all right with that. Fundamentally, the guys mentioned it several times. They said, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, okay, right. So I'm doing the very American thing, saying, uh, Ukraine, Ukraine, which is how uh, my friends from Moldova, Moldova, I'm an American, uh, and, and I'm saying something, and the the, the Romanian guy, like, you know, Eugene, this is very serious. And I was like, serious? You know what's serious? Let me tell you. And he goes, don't be a fucking dick. 
He didn't even know what I was going to say, but he knew what I was going to say. <laughs> and I in no means want to minimize the suffering of people in Ukraine, but I, I tried to go, We were, this is doing warm up naturally. I tried to give him an inkling. I go, you know, in 9-11, you know what I did on 9-11? I never finished my sentence. I'll finish it now. And I thought, I was getting ready for work and go, oh, that's a drag. I didn't really like being in those buildings, but I liked those buildings. Oh, well, got to go to work. And I drove to work. Get to the building, they say, oh, my God, it's a terrible tragedy. I go, what happened? They're like, the buildings. I go, what buildings? The trade center collapsed. And I go, yeah. Well, we're not working today. I go, why not? They go, do we even have to ask you? I go, no, I like my job. I got work to do. They said, we well, got to go home. Yeah, shit, go home. And I stayed until security guy came by my office like, you got to evacuate the building. And I was like, man, okay, I'm going to go to IHOP and eat some pancakes. And I'm sitting in an IHOP, and I'm like, on my way back home, man, it's so awfully quiet. They grounded all the things in the airport. Now, I did have a, I did have a, I did have a road to Damascus moment, moment with uh, 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 9-11, where that was a point that all the excuses I had made for organized religion fell like scales from my eyes. And I, after the discussion with Henry Rollins, where he was like, all those roads lead to the same place. I can't buy in. It always leads to a bloody alleyway. I can't buy in. I was like, ah, oh, you're crazy. You can't, you know, I don't blame the hammer for how people use the hammer. I don't blame the gun for how people use the gun. And then I, at 9-11, I was like, all right, I guess I got to blame the book here, <laughs> you know? If religion is a problem, it inevitably leads to this. Rollins was right. One of the rare few occasions in which I was Rollins was right. And so that was a pretty major life change, a step into agnosticism or at least open antipathy toward uh, organized religion. And especially now I live in a, in a low-income low neighborhood and, and, and I see Sunday, like now, today, you know, these nice little Latino families all dressed up in the Sunday finery going to the Catholic church. I said, that Catholic, you know what that's like? That's like me. It's like, it feels like it's it's very akin to me. Well, me going to a Catholic church or alternatively me going to a, you know, to like uh, joining the KKK and like, you know, said, man, I'm going to worship at the altar of the white sheet. I mean, it just, it's, it's, the people who sold you that hammer, use that hammer to systematically destroy every aspect of your culture. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, every single place you see it, you know, and then they, I, there's a Mormon church around the corner that's full of uh, uh, Pacific Islanders. Your culture was destroyed by the people whose altars you're worshiping. And I can't, it just puts, it puts hornets in my head, right? Can't stand it since 9-11. So I guess that was a pretty major change. But generally, I was, you know, I was back to my nothing sacred ways very soon. In fact, I was in New York in October. We played some shows there. And I, I now regret that. I went to a restaurant to eat near Ground Zero. And it smelled like an apartment fire was a few blocks over. That, I'm afraid, probably will result in me having lung cancer. Let's not talk. Knock on wood. So he says, don't be a dick. And I'm like, ah, you fucking be a dick. And then I, I switched topics because there was a time. Only out of the blue, Eugene S. Robinson gets a um um a hum TMZ live. Uh, um, 
I don't know why TMZ Live is contacting me. Oh, yeah, you want to see the shirt? <laughs> That's a bit of madness. Ah, ah, how do you like I should just do the show like this. If this is going to make my stomach go in and out. Hold on, hold on. Let's see if I can do this. This is You should record this and make a meme of it. Let me see. Hold on, hold on. Oh, so, I can't, I can't, I can't. This is crazy guy stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so, um, okay, so TMZ out of the blue contacts me. Now, it's like that scene in Goodfellas where he's trying to get Henry Hill's wife to go and go get the coach, just. Go in right there. They're waiting for you. Just go in. I feel like it's a trick somehow. I feel like the TMZ is a trick. I don't know. It could be like a Nigerian prince behind it. I don't know. It feels like a trick, but I'm game. I've done this before. If you if you if you read uh, last week's Substack, you know the story when I pushed a cinder block on the West Indian dude. 60-story drop, boom, right through the, the top of his convertible car. There was no reality of that to me. A kid, you know, grew up on cartoons and Three Stooges, didn't even factor anything into the fact that you almost murdered a guy, right, when I was nine years old. So I know it's a true – so when I, we, the, that part of the story was when they got, I hear my mother call me for dinner, and I know the guy's at the end of the alley, but I don't want to make my mother wait or curious by going down the other other alley. So I run right into this guy's clutches. Go read last week's Substack if you're curious as to how that story ended up. The reality of it is I know it's a trick. I don't know what kind of trick. And I was like, okay, what what are the topics? And the guy goes, we'll call you at 6.50 in the morning to give you the topics. I go, I'm on my way to jujitsu then, but all right. So they give me a whole list of topics. And I say, okay, I got I to gotta pick three of these topics that, that have some sort of, I have skin in the game with. And I pick... Ukraine, I pick Kanye, and I pick Sharon Osbourne, all of which I could speak to with some sort of insider authority. And I tell them that at 6.50, and they go, great, we're going to call you at 7.50. I go, I'll still be at jujitsu then, but I'll step outside so you can talk to me about what, and so they call me, the test call to see if it works. It seems to work. And they say, okay, your topic is Sharon Osbourne. And I go, that's great because Sharon Osbourne got into a very public fight with my ex-boss, Carlos Watson. And uh, and then Carlos took a shot at her. And I told him if you want to go back sometime that he should never have called the Aussie Festival Aussie Fest because if there was an Aussie Fest and you're going to get sued. And he ignored me and went ahead and did anyway. Figured no lawsuit is free press. And I go, they go, great. We'll call you. I said, I'll, I'll finish a jiu-jitsu, shower, leave. I'll be at the home studio right here. As a matter of protest, I kept this up in the back. You'll be glad to know, even though I didn't do any of this. I didn't do that. So so they, they put me in place. And now I'm watching the show. And it reminds me very much of the Jenny Jones thing, right? Because at first, it's like, God, ah, this would be a hoot. But as I watch this show, I realize how disconnected I am from pop culture. Like, I just... You know, I, I have three responses to everything I everything I'm seeing. I got so what? Who cares? And why are you telling me? 
I don't care about Kodak Black getting shot. I don't know who Kodak Black is barely. I have not heard any of his music. I don't care about anything Kardashian. I do not care. I do not care about the royal that everybody loves. I do not care about the royal that everybody hates. I do not care. It's a refreshing, wonderful feeling to either not know or not care. And I'm feeling a little green around the gills. Like, not like I'm going to back out. So then the guy gets on the air and says, hey, um, your segment got moved forward. Uh, are you ready to go now? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for you. So let's, you know, I mean, I'm working, but this is it's my office. But, uh, and uh, the guy goes, okay, uh, you're going to do the Sharon Osbourne segment. I go, great. And then the guy says, okay, what you're going to hear, you're going to hear the show. You're going to hear the show. And then you're going to hear me say, go, go, go. And then I want you to start talking. Right. And I go, well, I can hear the guys talking about Sharon Osbourne. So I'm glad to start talking. I said, uh, he goes, well, say your name and where you're calling from. I said, why don't you tell the people that? He goes, yeah, okay, okay, well, you know, put a Chiron below my name. So it says Eugene S. Robinson, Wong VP, Eugene S. Robinson, former editor at Ozzy, whatever you, whatever. You know, he goes, no, 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 it's just better for you to do it. Okay. So I hear, go, 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 and I start talking about Sharon Osbourne, and I end up my spiel, which was a perfect segue to talking more about Sharon Osbourne. And they go, great, thank you, boom, over, done. I'm standing out here blinking in the sun. We're finished. The guy, producer, gets back in the line, goes, that was fantastic. That's what, that's fantastic. Uh, great, that. I go, great, man, thanks, click. I'm like, mother. Fucking what the fuck? I mean, you know, and I'm talking to my mother about it, and she's like, "Well, how how'd it go?" And I was like, "You know, they could have gotten any monkey to do that. They could have gotten any subhuman primate out there who sharing and done thirty seconds." It's like I don't, I don't think I'm gonna do it again. And as I'm talking to my mom, they text me back. They go, "Ah, that was fantastic. We'll edit it, send you a link to it when it's ready, and then we'd love to have you back again." I'm like, "Back again?" And I'm telling my mother, "So I'm gonna tell them I'm not doing it." This is, you know what? You know, I, I, I used to date a woman who was a was a prostitute. You know. I had been a prostitute. And she asked me, have you ever been to a prostitute? And I said, no. Why would I do that? And she goes, I think you're afraid. I go, no, no. I, don't. I just, when I show up, I want people to be excited that I show up. And she goes, you show up. And let me tell you, as a former prostitute, I tell you, you show up. I'd be pretty happy that you showed up. You got a point there. But anyway, it's like, it really could have been anybody on. It really could have been anybody on this show. Didn't really make a difference that it was me, right? That it didn't. Nobody cared. It didn't, my name wasn't below. I look at the segment as viewer's choice. I'm not gonna. My mother goes, wait, 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 listen. You know, Doctor Joyce Brothers was not a real doctor, and she got her start. She was on some TV talk show, okay? Game show. That's how she got to start. Rode that into a lifelong career. You never know. It's exposure. I go, yeah, but you see, that's how they get you. They count you. Oh, television. They got, like, I'm some rustic, right? And she goes, oh, you know, I love that that, 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 that I raised my children with this kind of self-confidence, but 
you know, you might be a little bit unreasonable. Yeah, like, okay, look, but I gotta go. I gotta go. So then I'm talking to the wife, and I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "Well, how was it?" I was like, "Ah, it's 30 seconds." What? What? I can't even figure out why those guys are host. Why? Do, why are those guys host? And, and the wife goes, "Oh God." <laughs> I go, "What? What's your problem?" She's like, "You know, <laughs> what do you, you think they're gonna just give you a show? They're gonna give you." You, I said, do you know how many shows I have in development now? She goes, yeah, in development, and you have none. And I was like, yeah, I got the showstopper. She goes, you know what I mean? I go, oh, <laughs> no, I don't know what you mean. Oh, like the showstopper is not a real show. That's what you're saying. <laughs> so, 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 you know, she goes, look, it's 30 seconds. It's not that much out of your life. You just do 30 seconds. You get in, you get out, nobody gets hurt. I was like, all right. All right, okay, maybe I'll do it again. And she goes, by the way, I was talking to my mother today. Yeah, how's your mother doing? So while well, my mother, she was like, you know, obsessed now with the war as befitting somebody who lives in northwestern Poland, right? And she's like, Oh, I go, okay. And she goes, My mother wanted to she was curious. She goes, My mother wants to know what you what's Eugene doing about this? I go, What? Well, what, what's Eugene doing about this? And she's like, well, he was just on TMZ, you know. Joel, he's talking about the war. He says, well, no, he's talking about Sharon Osbourne, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you're just not really that kind of journalist. Well, what, what kind of... <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, man. You know, I got Max Moore, you know, I flown him cash for a plane ticket so he can go in the thick of things and help people with... put patched back together people with battle wounds in Kiev. No thoughts or prayers, bro. Ass on airplane in Kiev. as bravery. And you got, you know, people doing this and that. Eugene's talking to Ozzy Osbourne's wife. It's like, well, everybody's running for the building, you know, to see if they're okay. Where's Eugene? He's back by the dumpster going, hope they're going to be okay. <laughs> so I was shamed is what I'm saying. I was shamed into writing the sub stack that I wrote uh, on Ukraine. But then I realized I've got, uh, I sometimes forget what I've done. I forgot about my time in the defense industry. I forgot about my time in the nuclear industry. I forgot about my time hanging out with guys who were wrapped up in Iran Contragate. I forgot about the, the time that undersecretary of defenses were good friends of mine that I or still good friends when I could get on the phone, or guys at Harvard were appearing on my record cover. So that's what I wrote the Substack about. And in fact, I, I ran early with it. Usually I would have done it right now, gone publish it right now, but the situation was so quicksilver, I was like, I got to do this now. I can't wait. This is my act of bravery. I'm going to go eight, eight hours earlier, 12 hours, 24 hours earlier than I usually do the show. I was in the studio yesterday, so it made sense anyway. And I said, you know, I said, listen, you know, Putin could very well win this war, but they will never stop fighting the Ukrainians. Never fight. It makes about as much sense going into going into Afghanistan. There are certain people, certain places, and most generally people in places where they live that are their country, their homes, that they will never stop fighting. The Vietnamese said there was one thing that could have happened, two things. If they had pulled all diplomatic personnel from uh, Vietnam, they would have assumed, Ho Chi Minh would have assumed that they were going to drop a nuclear bomb 
and he would have surrendered. And then there was one other thing that they could have done to undermine Vietnamese confidence in an eventual win. I can't remember what that was now. A recent general was just quoted as saying, if they had done this simple thing, we would have gone, oh, we're toast. But they could see that the, the lukewarm commitment was actually going to kill them. That is the Americans. And it, it steeled their resolve. Dropping missiles like Russia is doing on the Ukraine has been proven from time immemorial, which I'm going to say date back to the Nazi bombing of, of, of Britain, that it doesn't, it, it steals people's resolve to be, it's different from boots on the ground. Bombs in the air makes people angry and they dig in. They passed out 18,000 machine guns to the citizens of Great Kiev. This is going to be, this is not, I don't know, he thought it was Hungary, 1956. But moreover, I made the claim in the piece that Putin is a man uh, out of time. He's a 20th century man. This is not 1956. This is not Hungary. You can't show up with a few tanks and expect expect things to go your way. And in reality, China has turned its back on you. So have all the other pro-communist countries that a week ago were pro-communist. They're like, hey, bro, we can't help you on this. Bulgaria, you know, all, all these, they, they get, well, the Czech Republic, they like turn the SWIFT codes, you know, for any international bank transfer, you know, it's like, but the reasoning for it was garbled and, and, and weird. And fundamentally, this is, this is a conversation about Putin that Putin's having with Putin. You know, as an older guy, I have great sympathy and empathy for him and understand what it is he's going through, but the party must go on. It's kind of bedeviling to think about the fact that at some point, you know, you won't even be alive to read your obituary. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. I mean, this is this is this is not this is not well thought out. It's not the road to success. And what always blows me away is, you know, where are those Cassius guys? Where are those Cassius guys? Yeah. Um, yeah. Where are those Cassius guys, those ones with the lean and hungry look, working in the Kremlin who was like, you know what? It's my time. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, okay. Or maybe I could talk to a guy into, uh, yeah, that's what they talked about, the black soil and so on. Maybe I could talk to somebody and, and have a palace coup of some kind. You know, I finally read what happened to the Romanovs. That shit was rough, bro. It wasn't like, you know, I have a last cigarette and I have one duty for my country and then... No, it was it was murder most foul. And I guess they had it coming. The fact they didn't see it coming, shocking, but whatever. Man, they, I, they killed the whole family in front of each other. It was It was brutal. Read it sometime. Read it. See if you can go. I'm not joking. So, run home. Um, so I, 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 I talk about this guy I know who's a, a Harvard social studies guy, historic guy, Ensign Ho. Uh, my friend was under Secretary of Defense. I actually, get some real quotes in there, and it's a whole meditation on. And the last thing was right as I'm writing, there's a, a tweet from ABC that they said Russians, uh, Russian soldiers, like you mentioned, the comments, the comments are like these 18 year olds who are disillusioned, disenfranchised, and like saying that we can't figure out who to shoot because they look like us. They're speaking Russian. I don't know what the, you know, it's like uh, something that the Chinese have learned. Get somebody from the provinces who feel no kinship with the with the, with the the city people and they'll shoot in a second. Um, <laughs> I don't know where the guys from Kent State were, but I don't think they were from Kent, Ohio. 
Hey, there's Jimmy's sister. Bam, 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 bam. That's not the way. That's the way. Not the way it happens. So, um, and then I also, of course, I tied into a personal story about a uh, a, uh, a a girl I was obsessed with in, uh, in high school who wouldn't give me the time of day. She was Ukrainian. And now that um, now I made the mistake. I thought she lived near me here in California. Now it turns out she's. Uh, I didn't mention her name in the piece. She's back east somehow. And I was like, wow, I wonder, uh, maybe I should send her the piece. <laughs> because uh, send her the piece more for apologizing for seeming like a hammerhead. You know, you want, you want to cross all your T's and dot all your I's. And then I go, I can't. And also then, so I, lo- I look her up and I find, oh, here's She's alive still, and there's a picture, and she's like, uh, what does she look like? She looks like every elderly Slavic woman that I know, you know? And it's just so funny that, like, you know, you're 14 and you haven't seen this before, or like, when I when I'm like 21, you go to Sweden and go, oh, man, a dime, a dozen. <laughs> like, everywhere. It's like a friend of mine was saying, Botswana? Never spend any money on diamonds. Go to Botswana. You walk around and it's like it's like cigarette butts. They're all over the ground. The diamonds, you know, what a big deal. Diamonds. It's a fiction. So, so I, uh, I'm at the studio yesterday. Record. That's where I realized that I suck. <laughs> ah, that it's amazing. I've gotten as far as I have as a vocalist. If you haven't bought the Killers Like Us or or listened to it, you can do so anywhere by Boonwell. You know, my side project, but they had uh, uh, somebody from the Oakland choir come in, Oakland Symphony, the choir singers, had 15 of them singing for the new Oxbow record. And they're talking to the Grammy-winning producer. Turns out the choir leader, she's also, she's nominated for a Grammy. And they're like, well, on the third bar, the fourth section, right after the viola comes in, uh, we were playing a C-sharp. Would you really rather I do that or a B-flat? Can I drop it down a level or pick it up an octave? What the fuck? I just jump on stage and pull my dick out and sing. Scream. Like, you got some real pro level shit. It's a, isn't it amazing how far I've made it with such a little skill base? It is pretty amazing. But of course, when you listen to it without my voice, uh, it's just noise. So there is that. But whatever. So I'm in the studio. I'm writing the Substack. I'm li- watching the fights. And I'm watching this this seed unfold. And one of the things I thought that I mentioned in the piece was this guy who's a, who's now an adjunct uh, professor at, at Harvard. He was outraged. We were roommates. He was outraged. He's driving behind somebody who's got a bumper that says "Runners for World Peace," and he was like, "You fucking Westerners with your you know like these things are coincident. Like they're in the same ballpark. This is to make you feel good. It's to make you you happy." Like, oh God. And I go, maybe I'm doing the same thing. I mean, I'm writing this thing about the Ukraine. No skin in the game at all. Sitting at a studio recording a song for a, a, a record that I'm doing while watching the fights. And there's a Russian fighter who won last night. And I was thinking, is he going to say something? And he didn't really say anything. And there, but then, you know, Klitschko has been, and the world, the MMA world that had been, say, uh, uh, Ho and adjacent, who had been uh, Baldwin adjacent who had been libertarian, if not actually MAGA uh, uh, adjacent. You know, you could feel it. Jake Shields, somebody texted, tweeted me, talked 
big shields, man. What he's he said their tanks and the Russian tank, Russian tanks. He goes our tanks and then somebody our tanks and then somebody has Photoshop a pink tank with the, the rainbow colored flag on the front. And I'm like, ugh, Jake, Jake. So there were these early attempts to politicize it, aided and abetted by Trump saying, yeah, Americans are stupid. You know, uh, uh, Putin, this was genius. He got this country for $2. So there were early attempts to kind of machoize. Listen, you know, that's grade school shit. You know, when I was eight years old, seven or eight years old, you know what I knew about world politics? All I knew is that Germany was tough. Uh huh. Germany was tough. And so, in any kind of games that we were playing, we all wanted to be Germans because they were tough. And then we started to hear stories. Uh, uh, we started to hear stories about, well, the Germans started to hear stories about, well, the Germans, they, they turned people into lampshades and soap. And, you know, we were all kids who grew up, they're not got kids today on monster movies and stuff like that. We're like, oh, wow, that's sick. That's crazy. I remember my friend Tony telling me, hey, I watched this movie and a lady, he, I was nine years old. He's like, she was running across the field. This guy's these Germans jumped out with machine guns and they shot her titties off. I was like, whoa, a nine-year-old thinks, man, you know, in a world that's full of, your connection is unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. Hmm. You know, in a world that's increasingly scary, being scarier than the scary is going to be a good deal. I'm just going to keep talking. It says your connection is unstable. Please wait while we try reconnecting. There's nothing I can do about this. The kid's not here right now. I could plug a cable in the wall, but I'm not going to stand up and do that. It was fine. All good. Good. So, uh, but this was like a nine-year-old's understanding. You know, within a few years, maybe by high school, you understand that there were real people living real lives who were suddenly extirpated, pulled up like weeds and thrown into a cauldron. Like somebody like Heydrich once said, nobody gets out of our kettle alive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Cadria. I mean, this is a way to curry favor. Brown nose sucking up. Um no, no, Master Bates. Uh, I was nine years old. We were talking about a movie that I've never seen. Tony was telling me about a movie that I have never seen where women were being chased by Nazis and had the titties shut up. Pay attention, will you? So, uh, uh, so you know, so the, the, the Ukrainian Klitschko, but then Klitschko did something fantastic. And he's like, people are like, oh yeah, Klitschko's Ukrainian, and and Klitschko is doning uh doning fight gear, and and you know sitting on top of tanks. It's like, it's on, it's on. <laughs> and then the, the 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 Jewish stand-up comedian who is a leader of, of the Ukraine was like, yeah yeah, thanks for your thoughts and press. You know, I don't need a ride, I need ammo. <laughs> he's out in the streets, not looking like Dukakis at all. Like, let's throw down. You got to understand the Ukrainians, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what is that thing I used to say? They don't like you and they're glad to see you. These are likes to fight people like Afghanis, <laughs> uh, uh, like the Irish. 
You know how they finally backed off of the whole thing with the troubles? And stop. Look how long it took. It took to, uh, the, the, the Shin Fame to like kind of Shin Fame to like kind of normalize. Those guys were going to stop. The Vietnamese were never going to stop. Yeah, if you pulled the diplomatic personnel, they thought, okay, we're going to get nuclear bombed. Maybe we should stop. They were never going to stop any other way. No fucking way. No way. Sorry. And when you're fighting for your own land? Yeah, exactly. Now, my friend Max Moore is going over. And he's a pro-social guy, but that guy's going over. Who are, are you still? I, let me tell you, people are going. The MAGA cats are sitting at home because they're they're rooting on they're rooting for Putin. But they're one of the few. China was like, hey, you know, you want to you want a smart global power? Hey, Chinese, because for them, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. You know, and also they have they have designs on Taiwan, frankly. Which I, I there's a guy who I trained with who's Taiwanese. I made this joke. I said I understand that more than I understand trying to get Crimea and Ukraine. He's like, what is that supposed to mean? I go, oh God, I stepped in it. Well, I, you know, if they had chased Chai Kan Shek in 1947 or whenever it was. You know, is a problem. I don't want to get into it. What do I know? <laughs> Sino-U.S. related. Well, I don't know. Well, I'm just an American. I don't know. Is there an excuse for stupidity? I don't think so. But China turns its back. Hungary with Orban turns its back. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it's right. Exactly. <laughs> If, if you can show me how this is making me money, great. But it's not really making you money. War is expensive. How many tanks have you lost? Your tanks are getting fucked. People, it's a proxy war of you against the world. Nobody wants this. This is 20th century stuff. Nobody wants you doing business this way. There are lots of ways. I could send out 20 cyber, you know, you know what they, you know, people killed themselves when Ashley Madison got hacked. People killed themselves. Because they didn't want their wives to find out they were looking to have an affair. Killed themselves from a hack. You know how many people lost their jobs in Hollywood because of the email hack? I don't need to have anybody running around with guns. It's so old. It's like the thing that a horse shirtless would do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, so, so when the athletes got in, Klitschko at that point. Now these these uh, the dumbass U.S. athletes who are like uh, magified. You thought this was going to be a continuation of January sixth on a global scale? Listen, I know a guy who was up at the truck blockades in Canada. He was like, "No, no, no, you got to understand. It's not as the news reported. Something's happening." Yeah, yeah, something is something is happening here. He goes, I was driving through this truck blockade from from Kent to, to Toronto, and he was like, something's happened. This is not, didn't feel right. Didn't feel right. And what he meant is it didn't feel organic. And this is a guy who lived through the 60s. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man. It's not organic. It's puppet master shit. Get out while you can.
He's going back, unfortunately. So, um, so in the fights, one Russian guy, he didn't say anything. He won his fight. Didn't say, and he actually turns out, well, there are two Russian guys. And the one I'm thinking about, I'm looking at his flag. That's not a Russian flag. It's, he's Armenian. It's very different, but whatever. What I like, you know, they can't, uh, football teams or soccer teams are canceling their games. I mean, you know, it's just, it's inconceivable. If you've ever traveled over there, you know, America forgets, but it's very much akin to like, you know, what kind of kinship do you feel with the people of Nevada? How close do you feel in Nevada? Well, it's just another place to go skiing for people in California. Look at those people in Oregon, man. They've been looking crossways at us. Let's go over the border and just start shooting shit. What, what, what? You mean those guys? Just shoot them? That's an order. Shoot them. And it doesn't take much when you, everybody's got guns. I shoot at you. The fuck? Bang. I'll shoot back at you. And it has no reality until somebody falls down. And now people are falling down. And, and people have their phones. They've been honey trapping these 18-year-old soldiers on their social media. Send me a picture. Send me a picture where you are. Sexy. And they're triangulating their locations. It's a different world. You can't do this. You can't move ten columns in. And you just can't. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And the fact that it makes sense to Putin is madness. Last night, Islam Makachev and Bobby Green. This was a win-win-win. How do you like that for a segue? That, you, that segue will snap your fucking neck if you weren't paying attention. Ah! Bobby Green does Bobby Green does an act of ledger domain, comes out as his own man in a Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz vibe, you know, badass MF vibe, at the same time being a company man. I'm gonna help out. All you gotta do is keep calling me, baby. And he loses like he was expected to. But he lost in spectacular fashion and he even he even told the truth. He goes, nobody cares about Islam because he's boring. And what he did was to set a fire under Islam so that, and also develop pre-established expectations for, for the audience watching Islam because Islam does what he does reliably well every time. So it's like it's like going in a roller coaster. And then Islam does his thing, and you're like, ah, he's fucking got him. And say with Bobby, but you know, uh, uh, Green, they call, who they called Brown. I so it's an ESPN in a, in a Gibbler in a Gibbler suite called uh, Bobby Green. Uh, it's fucking versus Brown. <laughs> fucking talking about ESPN, Brown. You mean the, the skin color of the guy he fought, or? What the fuck? Are you, you mean Bobby Green? Let's just call him Billy Green. A, a Billy Jean. <laughs> Not my woman. <laughs> so, so he's level set Makachev. So uh, that we like say, okay, yeah, he's it until he until he pulls the trigger on his his superhero move, takes you to the ground, and then boom, it's all over. Islam is a, Islam comes out of it a winner. 
Bobby Green comes out of a winner, and we who had an entertaining fight that we didn't have to spend too much time comes out of it. Book end this with the fight, the two Latino cats in the beginning who looked so much alike it was eerie. And they fought so much alike it was eerie. And it was just like watching a guy, it was like watching Tenant, a guy fight himself. And it was a split decision. And then it, I, as I was watching, I was thinking, why am I watching this? So what? Who cares? Why are you telling me? They were evenly matched. It wasn't that they weren't trying. They were so evenly matched. It's like watching a foot race where everybody ends at the same time. That's no fun. Even as stilted as the odds were, plus 850 or whatever it was or with Green versus Makachev, it was just great to watch. Because there was always a possibility, the potential that something different could happen. And afterward, they congratulate, and Bobby Green leaves a rich man. You know, he's a company man, which means that I don't even know what money is. He's maybe of that 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 stripe, but the reality of it is he he did them a solid. Will it be remembered by the Baldwin? Hard to tell. It's still a Baldwin we're talking about. However, everybody came out of that one a winner. McK- uh, Terrence McKinney, eh, his jujitsu. It was it's situational. Uh, um, a situational awareness on the mat was fantastic. And that wasn't even the, the, the deftest submission, but dude, it got dude. Serkinov, who knows where he is. I like the one Ramona Pascal. It's a very suspicious name for somebody who says they're from Hong Kong. It's like my friend said, that's like meeting somebody named Ivan the Spaniard. <laughs> he was complaining about our old tour manager named Manuel. The Swiss, because that's about as kosher as Ivan the Spaniard. That's his name. But Ramona Pascal, I like she was trying to give a little give a little salt in the beginning. And got fucked up. I, I, um, uh, against a five foot two uh, Brazilian chick whose name I, I can't remember. That was a good, uh, a good fight worth watching. Terrence McKinney, well, there were a couple of others. Uh, there was uh, Mr. Is had some questions about about the nipples on uh, the cat who beat uh, who beat Serkinov and and inconclusive inconclusive not necessarily a tie-in because I'm looking for other signs. Once I see that nip, nipple puffiness, then I start looking at signs. I look for the moon face. I look for general water retention, smoothness, and the I didn't really see it there. And it naturally occurs as well. So all in all, it was it was a perfect up ramp. I mean, it was perfect PR, a perfect up ramp to this weekend's pay-per-view. Though in actual fact, out of 14, 14 uh fights in the card, I think in the end I only care ended up caring about two or three. And of course, you know the main one was uh, Masvidal and and Crappington, and I had to separate from John and Steph. I don't want to cheat the show from tomorrow's at noon. They have uh, care don't care. I don't want to cheat that show, but the reality of it is, based on historical precedent, I had to go with with Masvidal. Though I find them at this point equal.
penalties in the way. I had to go with the friend of Knuckle Up, which Masvidal was, was on the old show. I, I actually don't think he's going to win. Um, but, um, but, uh, I, you know, I just, when I took away the, added the positives, took away the negatives and balanced the fact that he took time out from his schedule to give me a pretty lengthy interview on knuckle up that had this, I, that I just, I gotta, that's when my loyalty thing kicks in. Got to, had to, had to, got to, did so. Right. And I try to remember some of the other fights on the card. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, and then I can't remember any off the top of my head that I picked, but the reality of it is the, the, the main card is enough. And this was a perfect ramp. A lot of PR went into pimping this fight, which I believe is a pay-per-view. I understand it. This fight itself, Makachev, Makachev moves up. You know, the Dagestani reign continues. Uh, um, don't know where the Dagestani stand on all this. I think I, I heard that they weirdly a lot of these people who were two weeks ago were pro-Russian have turned their backs on Russia, at, at least as far as uh, releasing statements like, this is not the way to do business in 2022. Um, sign of the fact that it's not ne- nearly inspiring the kind of fear and and respect that he once had the problem with all these cats are like in any heist movie where the guy goes i gotta get that last bag and the guy goes forget it we got enough because i gotta get that last bag putin is that last bag guy don't go back and get the last bag you got more money than god you got the daca you know about time you retire Move to Paris, go to fashion shows, hang out with your mistress. You know, corrupting influence of power. I go, it must be heady to have people kiss your ass 24 hours a day. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Of course, if you don't know that's about the Dagestanis, you do realize as some of the Eastern European racism is wild. <laughs> they don't like they treat them like I mean, it's like they are. You will not like you're not gonna date a, a Russian woman if you're from Dagestan. They you are black. <laughs> the black hair, the black beard, the tip off, the fact that you're you know that you you're not from the Caucasus Mountains, man. Well, maybe you are, <laughs> but you know. You do your white them. I had to tell Sorrell, oh, you, you black guys. What do you mean, you black guys? You think anybody around here thinks you're white? Open your mouth. One word with that accent, and you're done. <laughs> he didn't realize it until he went to a garden party. This just happened like a couple of months ago. He went to a garden party, and he's he's chasing his kid to get him in the minivan to go home. And the neighbors ran out, thought he was kidnapping his son. Look at it. That Mexican guy is kidnapping this kid. <laughs> and it wasn't until his blonde wife emerged from the from the from the uh, uh, from the SUV, uh, the minivan, that they were like, okay. And then she spoke and had an accent too. And they were like, well, wait a minute. They were on the process of calling the cops. 
Sorrell's son couldn't look more like Sorrell. <laughs> He's like, uh, Eugene, uh, I go, yeah, I was right, huh? I got to go with Muda Baruka on this one, even for white dudes. What does Muda Baruka say? It's no good to stay in the white man's country too long. <laughs> and he means that for everybody. <laughs> Travel a bit, see the world, get out. Suddenly you understand that the Ukrainians, they might have something to complain about. And fighting the Russians forever. Even like Belarusia, you know, Belarusians have like, say, oh, no, this is not right. It's not right. Orban, this is not right. Poland, where they had the piss party, which is a super nationalist party, was like, no, no, this is not right. Not right. <laughs> uh, black people still treat it badly in America. From my point of view, what can I say? Yeah, when everyone here kind of stepped to the rear and let a winner lead the way. Nah, black people are treated badly in America. I, you know, uh, it. Uh, I, I'll relax. Like for example, they acquitted that cop, cop in the seventies, who shot that young father in the movie theater because the guy threw popcorn at him. And listen. I got a lot. Last time I went to a movie theater, I'm completely driven to distraction by people texting in the fucking movie theater. I fucking hate it. And the old guy goes, it was just during the previews, but he was anticipating, I'm going to have a whole movie with this dumbass doing this and said something. The guy was like, okay, they were new parents. He was a little tired. And he was, says he was texting his babysitter, but he's like, I'll kick your fucking ass. But then he stood up and he's towering over the old guy and threw some popcorn at him and came at him. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him, the old guy was a retired cop and shot him in the theater, killed him. They acquitted him. He's like, I'm an old guy. I didn't know what he was going to do. He kicked my ass. I'm not going to be fighting in the theater. I was standing my ground, protecting myself. People are outraged. They go, Eugene, are you outraged? I go, ah, as an old guy, I got to go with my tribe. They go with my tribe. He's old. Some 30-year-old guy getting chesty with him. Put one in his chest. See how that works. And people are like, well, you wouldn't possibly feel this way just because everybody involved is white, would you? I was like, why would you say that? <laughs> uh, yeah. You start killing white folks at traffic stops more often, I'll relax the fuck out. Mm. white guy went to his store to buy some cigarettes. Yeah, that's what everybody says. He could have shot him in the leg. You ever shoot a gun? Ah, you know, well, yeah, he's probably close enough that he could have shot him in the leg. <laughs> but I don't know why the story amuses me. One, because I've been that guy. I hate it. The phones and thing, I hate it. I, if you're so bored with the movie, get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. When a pleasure I'm frequently denied these days is be able to watch a movie from beginning to end with no interruptions. And so when theaters were opening, you could go, I go, here's my chance, man. Here's my chance. And all these pieces of shit around me with their phones. Wait, I'm at the movies. <laughs> I don't know, it's movies about Jews or something. You mean Schindler's List? Yeah, is that what it's called? If you paid attention, maybe you would fucking know. Nobody needs you 
at that party that you're participating in in the ether for two hours. Watch the movie, please. Relax, enjoy it. Suspend disbelief. Engage in collective enjoyment of entertainment. So this is version a two, a zero, five of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. And we have come very close to the end. Let me tell you what's coming up. If you haven't read the Substack, read the Substack. It's full of laughs. <laughs> Eugene S. Robinson dot S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K. Eugene S. Robinson dot Substack dot com. Monday afternoon. Monday afternoon, you get what? Care, don't care preview. Me, Steph, John. And the glory of me having won another week. Also, I don't know if it's going to make it to the air, but there was a bit of unintended hilarity in the middle of the show when one of the people clearly is high. I'm not saying who. I'm not a link. Put a link in the description. I did at the top. Go all the way to the top. Substack. Uh, Tuesday, I, I'm confused about whether it's Kid Nate's week or John's week, but we'll do If the Shoes Fit. Uh, I'm doing it again for people on SoundCloud. Tip tapping is me putting in, this is just over there, just copy and paste. I can't remember who it is. And then if things work right, my Wong Duty piece this week will be an interview with the CEO of Afterglow, an adult site by women and for women. Strong enough for a man, but made for a woman. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's supposed to be Nate's this week, but I just lo- looked in the Twitter machine, some DMs, and they were Jerry, gerrymandering for some, they were swapping days or something, so I'm not quite sure who's going to be on Tuesday. I'll, I'll figure this out in the, in the in the long run, short run. I know Monday side topic. Uh, Roger Manning is doing some work on uh, Love's Holiday, the next Oxbow record. Roger Manning, those fans of music should know, is from um, Jellyfish. He's gonna sing and play keyboards. How do you like that? How do you like that? That'll be nice. This next Oxbow record, nineteen songs. I have no idea which song is gonna end up on the record. So I can't even really think about the artwork yet, but that's exciting. As Boonwell, got to buy the new Boonwell record. Yeah, some people don't know how, that's the word. Uh, um, <laughs> natural athleticism. Anyway, that's the end of this show. I got nothing. I got nothing else. I mean, uh, I'd like to send thoughts and prayers to the, to the people in the Ukraine, but and no need to do that when uh, billions of dollars of guns and bullets are showing up. Like the guy said, I don't need a ride. I need some weapons. And, and apparently he's getting them from all and sundry, as well as people who are going over there. This is a perfect time to ask uh, ask cats like Tim Kennedy, where are you going next week? You know, they got the Internet in, in Kiev. You could do your show from the battlefield, Mr. Tough Guy. You head over there. Take Pat Militech with you. <laughs> you know. You guys are all tooled up from January 6th. You could just reconnoitre and just head right there. 
anyway, anyway, I, you know, um, my favorite thing I think has been the uh, Ukrainian woman who was like, hey, why don't you, uh, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't you take, uh, why don't you take sunflower seeds and put them in your pockets so that when you die, we have flowers here. It's an old lady. It's like, you don't know what you stepped into. You do not know what you stepped into. You do not want to fight with certain people. Jamaicans too. I mean, there's certain people that just have, if you've been paying attention at all, culturally, tribally, historically, just likes to fight people. Used to it, do it, can't live without it. How could you not know this? Anyway, anyway, we're done. Try to live until next Sunday. Make your picks for Saturday. We'll talk to you soon. The kid's not here, so I get to end it the way I like to, which is, ah, look what you made me do!